a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Christy Forsyth and I are hanging out, welcoming you to Expanding Reality. It is so cool to see you. Uh, this is such a powerful day. You and I were just speaking a little bit here about the energies, about so many things that are happening, and it's powerful. So before we get launching into all of that, all of the ways, of course, to find you, Angel, will be located down in the show description, and um, we're going to talk more about angels here in just a minute. For those who are not super familiar with you, if you don't mind just introducing yourself for the audience. Hi, of course. I'm Christy Forsythe. I call myself a soul therapist. My background is in mental health counseling. I'm also a certified life coach, but I'm also a psychic. I connect with angels. I connect with energy. I read energy. I see auras, those kinds of things. And so I bring all of that together to help people through their own spiritual awakening, through uh, connecting with their energy field through understanding their energy field and through understanding the collective energy, the energy that impacts each and every one of us so that they can essentially master their spiritual awakening and master their energy field. Because I'm a big believer in this idea that when we can understand how our energy interacts with the world and how people receive our energy, that we can connect that much more powerfully in this world that we can be that much more successful on our best life path here absolutely so cool i i just love this can't wait to get into all of this with you so again everybody located down in the show description check out the links down there discoveryourawakening.com all the instagrams all that stuff so you mentioned they're mastering ascension and if um if mastering ascensions means like dirty, uh, sad, like crying, like releasing a bunch of shit, uh, but then also like the highest high you've ever been, it's this this ultimate bipolarism. Am I like crushing it at this? If Am I mastering this ascension if that's what's being experienced to some degree? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think that when we think about ascension or sometimes when people think about ascension, we expect, oh, it's going to be this big, beautiful process and we're moving closer and closer to the light and sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. And I am a big proponent of sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. But I think that that's a piece of it. I think that connecting more with the magic, connecting more with the light is absolutely a part of it, but we can't get there without the cleansing, without the clearing, without the, what I call the shadow work, without being willing to tune into the emotions, to connect with ourselves, to connect with our healing, because that allows us to rise higher. Yeah. I kind of picture this as instead of a tractor beam or something like um, beaming you up to a UFO, you know, if you're being abducted in the classic way with a beam underneath you, right? 
it's kind of like they grabbed you but through a forest and so you're hitting your head on the branches all the way up it's like man what a low-tech way to kind of ascend but you're still ascending you're like i'm still going in the right direction it just feels like you're bumping all your head your head on all these obstacles along the way but it's part of the ride right it's part of the experience so how early on were you did you get the idea that something phenomenal was going on here in this reality perhaps apart from what ego structures church uh school other parents, things like that, maybe uh, were telling you that this place was. So I've had that actually a few times throughout my life. I've had indications that I was being led down this path that I'm on now. And looking back, I now see that it started for me in childhood. So initially, it was just what was my regular experience. I would have these voices that would talk to me. I would, I was very connected with my angels, with my spirit guides. And so it was very much a process throughout my early childhood. I was very connected to that, very aware. Somewhere along the way, I started to realize that the other kids didn't quite have the same experience as I did. So somewhere that just kind of shifted away. And then when I was about 19, 20 years old, I started to get really interested in this stuff again and in opening up a lot, started to read a lot of Sylvia Brown books, started to connect with a lot of things about the afterlife and extraterrestrials and angels and all of these things. And what happened for me is I opened up pretty quickly. During that time, though, I didn't understand setting boundaries with energy. And I didn't understand this opening that was happening for me. So what that led to was this process of uh, of some what I consider to be really scary experiences with some heavier, more negative entities, things in my bedroom at night, uh, scary dreams, sometimes uh, those kinds of experiences. So I got to the place where I just was really fed up with it. And the whole thing seemed really scary to me. So I just said out loud, I'm done with this. I don't want to connect anymore. And that all closed out for me. And then that happened again back in, I guess it was 2012 for me, where I started to go through my spiritual awakening, what I consider to be my biggest spiritual awakening, where I was in a place where my life, I was working as a mental health counselor. I was living my life in a way that was really sleepwalking my way through life. My life looked exactly the same. I'm a pretty routine person doing the same thing every single day. And that worked for a long time until it didn't. And then all of a sudden, I started to feel this hint of discomfort and that discomfort grew and grew and grew. And I started to look around at the world differently, started to question things and wonder what's going on with me, you know, and started to to think about like that there has to be so much more to life than this and started to spiritually connect more. And through that process, that just led me to these experiences where all of a sudden I'm doing counseling sessions with people and seeing auras around people and all of a sudden connecting with angels. And it just was this massive, rapid expansion. So we started to do psychic development classes and just courses and reading and all kinds of things to help me to understand energy, to understand what was happening for me, leading me to uh, get to the place where I was 
feeling called to make a lot of changes in my life. Talk about like clearing out things and and needing to um, make some important shifts. A lot of that was emotional for me. There was a lot of emotional clearing, but it was also clearing in terms of just needing to do things differently in my way, needing to show up differently, needing to help people differently. Because I've always been a helper here in this world. But I knew that through these things coming through that I was being called to help in a different way. So that led me to start the business that I now have and to be helping people in a different way and doing soul therapy in that way. Well, so that I could acknowledge the angels, acknowledge the energy fields that were around people. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, I'm so curious about how you interface with the energies and we are absolutely going to get into this, but if you don't want, I'd like to back up a little bit to where you learned how to set boundaries with the energy. So something interesting you said amongst all of it, because it's all fascinating and I just, we just adore you and thank you for being here with us, uh, is the idea that you had to set these energetic boundaries because at a young age, things were very heavy and intense and they got dark. What's the difference between the darkness that you felt then between the light that you see now and how, it, what was your relationship to that? Like, do you feel that it was all the same thing and just presenting itself as dark and you reframed your vision of it now? Or do you feel it was actually dark and that's when you turned it off and said, hey, no more? I, I find that when people are intuitively opening up, it's this process of, I mean, we're opening, right? So when there isn't boundaries, when there isn't a some form of filtering or intention around that, you open yourself to everything. So I was at that time also connecting. I had a few experiences where I feel I had some pretty direct conversations with God and, and saw angels and things like that. But that was less so. And, and I had the experience of, of all these darker energies. And to me, that was darker, more heavier, negative energies that through that opening were called in because I was more open. Wow. In, in it, yeah. I mean, and as a child, like a young child, this was occurring to you. Not, so not when I was young, when I was young, that was pretty filtered, pretty protected for me. But I'm a big believer that I had to have uh, the experience when I was a little bit older. And also, you know, during that time, 1920, that was like a more challenging time in my life. So I wasn't necessarily vibrationally in a great place. And I also believe that based on where our vibration is at, we're going to call in energies that are more aligned with that. Makes me honestly feel a little bit better. And I agree with you 100%. What I was thinking was, I don't know why, I just pictured like you as a little child, like playing with some doll or some Legos or some whatever young girls play with, and then some scary thing happening to you. And it's like, where's the filter? Where's your angels, right? Where mm -hmm. you know, is, Do you feel that that process is in place, even though you have access to more vision, let's say, as a child and access to that? Do you feel that you have an automatic sort of guardian? And like you said, perhaps as you get into your late teen years, because I can clearly rec uh, recall that that about that 17, eight year range is when I felt very abandoned and alone. And that's when I was like the vibrational match for the things that I encountered to be part of the story. But again, I'm, I'm grateful that, to hear that there's some semblance of a filter for these children or something so that they don't are just plagued on by these dark energies at will. Yes, absolutely. There is. And, and we all are protected. I mean, even at, at that age, there was a protection. Um, I think that I needed to have some of those experiences. So I understood energy and how it worked as well. But I, I feel that children specifically are that much more protected. Each and every one of us has guardian angels with us that are here to protect, that are here to support us. A lot of times, 
they don't step in unless there's a safety issue or we ask them for help. So I always am talking with people about making sure that we're asking the angels to help us with anything and everything, right? But uh, I find that they help to support children that much more because there's more of an innocence and, and they need more help. Yeah. And I've heard yeah. some stories. I mean, I've had Serena Faith Masterson on the show and it's just, it, it hurts your stomach like to think of what this woman went through as a child being raised in a satanic cult MK Ultra, all this stuff. So you're just like, where is the angels? You know, what what is happening with this? But she will even tell you, look, I like came in here to clear all of my karma in one life. And so this needed to go that way. And it's just incredible the reverence we have. Do you, I, I'm curious about if it's like, if it is that, if you feel the resonance of that, uh, or if it's deflecting some horrible shit that, you know, like maybe doesn't need to happen here. And it's just sort of a way of giving yourself a therapeutic way of dealing with something traumatic. Do you think maybe a little bit of both? I'm honestly just curious what you think. I do think that we we come in with some type of a plan that we come in with a general overview of like, these are the things that I want to learn. These are the ways that I want to grow. And so some of us sign up for bigger things than others. You know, some of us really take the uh, higher level courses. And I think that when we're deciding, okay, I think I'm going to have this experience on earth over there, the way that I'm shown, it, it seems like, you know, we're signing up for college classes, like, oh, that might be fun to learn. And that might be okay. And okay, that's foundational. I need that. That's going to be important for the direction that I want to go. And so we're doing all of that, but we're doing all of that from a place where we don't have the emotion, where we don't feel the pain. I think that we're very prepared for that in advance. Like, are you sure that you want to have these experiences or that you want to grow in these ways? Uh, but I, I also think that we don't fully understand the level of the intensity that we can feel with that or how much we can suffer with that sometimes. What a beautiful way to put it. You know, and I'm interested in this as well. If you you go through a life, and let's say that we, we just go with the model um, that's interesting about how you live a life, you um, then can reincarnate and have multiple lives, but you have some sort of access to the skills or the awareness, and it, it builds incrementally. Like, instead of a circle, it's more of a spiral and an upward trajectory. So you do gain these levels of knowledge, and they're stacked upon one another. But it is interesting when you hop up in this bitch that you forget. So I'm curious to see... Just in your opinion and just what you what you feel here, uh, if as you go through a life, unbeknownst to yourself, can you go be going backwards down the line? Or is there sort of an understanding that you come in with to where you're like, okay, I'm here to do this. I'm here to do this. I already know all these other things. Or do you feel that every single life you basically get a slate to go either up or down or it is sort of more of an ascension build upon them type of a process? I, I think that we can go either way because I do feel that we come in with a plan for our soul, but I also feel, and I see this with some people more than others, like that we have a lot of free will built in as well. Some people's lives are more charted than others, if that makes sense. And so I, I find that with that free will, we're really given that freedom and that flexibility to make decisions here with that. And so sometimes I do think that we can go backwards a little bit. I mean, th there's an experience with that. There's a learning with that, that we can then apply. But yeah, I think it can go either way. It's like failing a grade or something, right? It, yeah. You don't necessarily go all the way back to kindergarten, but you do need to kind of hang out here until you get this understanding down. Mm -hmm. yep. Very interesting. It's so, so interesting. Okay, so 
angels. Uh, what's the difference, first of all, in your opinion, if there is one, about angels and spirit guides? Do you think that there's a different classification? Do they serve different roles or are they just two names for the same thing? How I experience them is as different energies. They feel very different to me. So spirit guides are um, very high vibrational, but they still have a little bit of, of ego it, that I feel with them. Whereas angels have not a semblance of ego with them. They are... I always call them God soldiers of love. And, and they really are just an extension of that divine love, that divine light. And so uh, it's a lot harder to piss your angels off. In fact, it's impossible to piss your angels off. <laughs> and it's pretty hard to piss your spirit guides off too. But they're going to be like of the two, they're going to be the ones that are like, I, I, I'm going to take a step back because I'm frustrated with you, you know, going backwards on this path that we have planned so carefully for you. Yeah, it's interesting. The angels are just like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. <laughs> it's interesting too that <laughs> it, it, going backwards on the plane is or on the path is like part of the plane. It's an option, you know, which then at some level makes you ask, well, then is the angel sort of know that the spirit guide is frustrated, but this angel sees that the reason the you was going off course was actually all to a bigger plan and the spirit guide's unaware of it. Do you think that there's any sort of level to this to where even your spirit guide Either I know that they won't give you everything or I'm told that they can't give you everything. But do you think there's even like a learning process for your spirit guide in all of this where they can kind of make oopsies? I do. I do. I think that it's part of if we're talking about uh, these lessons and these learnings and that being part of our own ascension process, I feel that being a spirit guide is also part of their ascension process for their soul. So there's work being done there with that as well. Yeah. Now they tend to be again very high vibrational, so they're they've done a lot of work already. But I still, yeah, there's still room that for them to do that work and to grow. It's so interesting. It's like another dimensional parent almost. You know, that's that should be mature enough. They know bigger, higher things, but still at a level, they still need to relate to you in a way that you can understand and take the message properly, and not rebel completely and walk the other way with your free ass will. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting balance. And then it is sort of this contact relationship, but it's with a non-contact uh, from a direct perspective from the way that we experience reality. So there's another challenge added to their job. Yes. Yeah. And it's very challenging, uh, I imagine, on that end for them. I, I, I laugh a lot because I think like my spirit guides must smack themselves in the forehead a lot. <laughs> like, why would you do that? <laughs> We've been working so hard on this. Why did you do that again? Here we are with this pattern again. You know, and, and I think that they are incredibly patient with us. But I, I think that probably they do watch sometimes like, seriously, we're going to do this again. Yeah, it's like constantly <laughs> making a sandcastle. We just keep falling on to un, un, un purpose. They're like, dude, can we ruin it? Just go that way. You know, you're just go that way. <laughs> it, it is interesting also, you know, to think about this as a learning for all. I, I kind of feel, and I mean, and I'm just representing the collective here at a level because I've talked to a lot of folks about this. We feel like they, the uh, contact phenomena like aliens should just have it figured out. They shouldn't faux pas stuff. People shouldn't be injured or uh, hurt or remember if they don't want to or traumatized or anything and sort of uh, in the process of this higher power the soul spirit gods these angels this god all of this stuff and you're like man i just wish not wish i would hope that it's more of a structured like got it figured out type of a thing like any um 
I guess, decision that you make with your free will, it's sort of accounted for, almost like the perfect choose your own adventure book to where you're always led to the next page, but it's, it's figured out from that page, no matter what your free will offers. So that's another question for you. Do you think that that multiverse idea to where that there's an infinite reality of parallel earths that involve you at a level and then, you know, an infinite number that you're not on, but then uh, to where really what you're doing is shifting into a reality where all that already exists or do you feel that we're like really organically creating this whole damn thing as we go? Or maybe a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both. I, and I think like it's part of the journey is us all bouncing off of one another, right? We're all learning. We're all creating something together. So interesting. What? Okay. All right. So I want to talk about angels with you now. Um, uh-huh. Some folks see these crazy wheel eye angel, um, like tool album cover looking things whenever they see angels and they're like, yep, that's my angel. And I'm not sure I'd be okay with that. Um, personally here, what do you see as far as angels go? Do you see them with wings? Do you see the wheel with the eyes? Do you see, um, like an alien with wings? That would be cool. What's that all about? How do you perceive yeah, it? Yeah, so um, I have I have seen TikToks on those form of aliens, and that sounds absolutely or those form of angels. That sounds absolutely terrifying. Right, those all the spinning eyes. <laughs> that are never, from ever, ever what I have seen. <laughs> and and um, when actually when I saw a TikTok, I very clearly put that out there. Like, please, if that's actually what you look like, don't ever show up like that. I don't want to see you in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So they look the the way that angels have appeared to me is just what you would imagine an angel to look like. And I can remember when I was in my spiritual awakening and had this awareness that I was starting to connect more with angels again. I was aware of their presence, but I hadn't seen them yet. But I had this intuitive awareness, like I'm I'm gonna see them soon. And so there was a fear around that because I had heard some things about like angels will show up without a face, that kind of stuff. And so I held that fear for a while, just kind of expect, I don't want this giant thing with no face to show up in my bedroom. I just didn't. And um, somebody said to me, well, why don't you just ask them to show up differently? And uh, so I did, I put that intention out there, right? So they've always shown up number one with faces, which is awesome. Um, I see them, they just look so pure and full of light and they tend to be very large, although I see different types of angels. So they all look a little bit different. Um, just, just really beautiful. And I think what's important to understand is that as much as like they show up in these ways, really, it's just an energy. So I think that they present in the ways that they, they'll present in a way that we need them to, or want them to. They, I I don't know what really they look like. I think it's maybe just energy. If we with eyes, dude, just show up as you as the cartoon, you know, the thing that they drew in Looney Tunes or whatever. And this is interesting too, about the wings on characters, like the physical uh, flappy Mm -hmm. wings, right? These Uh angels. I was told by a guy uh, named Neil Geddes Ward. He runs a show out of the UK called the paranormal peep show with Andrew Chaplin shout out guys. And one of the things he told me about little cherubs or angels or anything like that is that their wings in old and ancient paintings and uh, the way they were depicted was simply that way so that they could show that they flew, not necessarily that they had wings. So mm-hmm. what the wings symbolized what they embodied flight, but they didn't need them to fly. Therefore they weren't there, like didn't exist. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that the 
the idea that we get of the angels that fly, even uh, that was well understood that they didn't actually have wings, that they just could fly. So they put wings on them in the painting to show that. So that's what's interesting too, is that they show up as an energy that you prefer because that's a comforting thing, right? You didn't, we never really see any angels unless you've seen dogma at the end there and stabbing people, you know, and going, going all on them on swords and anything and into any respect of uh, anyone that we didn't want, like a demon or something like that. So it was always anthropomorphized as a Superman type of a figure, like a character that you could trust and rely on and was all powerful and all that. So it's awesome that you communicate with this energy that calls itself an angel in that way and it presents itself to you that way. Do you think, just for the sake of conversation, that it's anything else and that you're being stair-stepped into a greater understanding or are you pretty comfortable with saying that that's probably what it is? I feel 100% comfortable saying that that's what it is because of the feeling of the energy. I'm very aware of the differences in energy it, it's it's how it was created right so you asked even about um aliens alien angels as well right that's a separate thing so there are extraterrestrials that appear to be what we picture with angels with the wings and everything they do look slightly different um like there there's a different um the wings look a little bit different but again it's just energy and i think that they make the wings little look a little bit different so that I can tell the difference more easily, right? Because really the the language of the universe is symbolism. So they'll use that. Or I've seen uh, angels with like darker, like black feathers as well to kind of show me that that's different or, or several wings on, on top of other wings and things like that. So they'll use that symbolism to, to communicate that. But you can feel the subtleties, the differences in the energy. So angels, again, feel like that pure love and light, that extension of divine love, source love. And, and then the extraterrestrial um, angels feel very, very, very high vibrational and that they're here to help us. But there's a, a bit of a difference. It's not quite the same vibration. It's not quite the same feeling. Is it the grays that you're talking of specifically when you speak of extraterrestrials or do you just mean as a... This is some some type of... Um, I. You know, I never asked what they're called. I just call them the angel aliens. <laughs> angel aliens. That's awesome. Great name for a band. Um, yeah, yeah that, that they are uh, their own type or tribe of extraterrestrials. And so sometimes when people are seeing angels, they're seeing the, the angel aliens and not necessarily the angel angels. Got to keep it straight, people. There's a lot <laughs> going on. <you> know? <laughs> How cool, though, that the energy is what you read from this. And then they're you know, they're showing you in different colors, different levels of wings. That is so cool. Are you able to rep recognize sort of groups of people? Do you, Have you cataloged any of this? Because you've been greeted by so many. Are you familiar with certain energies? You're like, oh, yeah, they're from the blah, blah, blah system. And they're kind of like this. And you can't really take them seriously, but they're fun. Um, you know, little things like this. Have you been able to classif classify any and then maybe called on a few at specific points for different reasons? Yes, yes, you can feel those subtleties. I think, though, that it's not just me. I think that all of us feel that on some level. All of us have a sense of that, like the different things that people came here to do, because I always say like Earth is especially right now, such an energetic melting pot, right? So you have energies that are different forms of extraterrestrials. You have Earth angels, people who are angels incarnate. You have uh, what I call these light beings that are incarnate. We have even people who are um, 
like unicorns or um, leprechaun. I mean, elves, fairies, all the things that are in human form here with different purposes. And they all have a different feeling. They all have a different energy. And we all forgot. <laughs> like yeah, all we all forgot. It's crazy. Because <laughs> we're here on an important mission. So they're like, let's send in the best of the best. Oh, I love that. Uh, I, I want to know then you're uh, taking this a little further, this time period, this ascension. I love the way you described it. It does, it does just seem sort of this grand central station terminal thing or whatever of all of these, like, all right, fairies, gnomes, like the end of, um, Avengers infinity war when the portals open and all the different things came in from all the different places. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, this, so this time period, what is, what do you feel is occurring here? Um, I just want your take on all of this. I think that we came here most importantly and this is a, a pretty simple answer, but it's time for Earth to ascend. It's time for Earth to be able to hold more light and for there to be this shift into higher consciousness. I think that we've been, as human beings here on Earth, stuck and um, it, not being able to connect with what we're really capable of for a long time. And I think that it's time for that. So we were all sent here to support this process. We we're all sent here to be, um, when, whenever I'm shown, it's like we're like holders of, of the light, right? Different lights, different energies. It's almost like one big earth energetic grid. You're here, you're here, you're here. Everybody was sent to their posts to either hold a specific energy, to fulfill a specific purpose, probably both, you know, a little bit of everything, but it's all part of a bigger plan to support this process. And we're over here just crying about crying, you know, it, it seems <laughs> from a huge level that there are so many pieces and intricacies and just think of all the moving pieces it took to get you located where you are right now from, let's say, a 10 year period ago, you know, all of these things that needed to be put into place with matching your desire and free will being taken into account for that all the time. It's almost like you're heading on a course that has its turns anyway, and spirit or angels or something is driving this on sort of an autopilot, and you keep grabbing the wheel and jerking it. And they're like, oh, and it's like recorrecting, redirecting, redirecting, right? It gives you a new <laughs> route, right? And so it it feels like this. So what does this moment look like for all of us? I know that we've been, we've been steering this, and I'm asking you to... Christy Stradamus, this thing for us a little, but going forward and maybe even a timeline, if you're comfortable revealing that or intuitively guided to give us one, I know how those things go. Um, but if, what what's coming up for us next? What do you feel? I think that we have some heavier energy to continue to work through, but I, I hear a lot of people talk about really, really scary stuff coming in. I just don't see it that way. Do I think that we have a lot of heaviness still to work through? Yes. But I think that that's a huge part of just empowering people. I think that it's a huge part of awakening the planet, right? Where people start to ask questions and go, wait a minute, this doesn't quite feel right to me. And I'm watching that happen every single day with my clients where there's just, it's so cool to watch where all of a sudden they're starting to ask more questions and explore their, their spiritual connection more and connect more intuitively and just honor that process. It's so amazing to watch that. And I think that as a planet, this is what's happening. I think that's coming through 
some of these, these shadows, right? Like I talked about a spiritual awakening. We need to do our shadow work as well in order to ascend. And, and we're doing our shadow work right now here on earth in order for the planet to ascend. And so there's this whole process that's happening on the other side of that. I always get like the term golden age, that it's such a beautiful time where we all are moving into being more connected to our intuitive gifts, where we're utilizing technology in ways that truly serve us here on earth, where we're connected and and so much more connected to this energy that is divine love. And so this is what I see us moving into. Timeline? I don't know, but something about 2037 really stands out to me so strongly. I like, I always come to that year that there's something major and powerful, a huge shift. So definitely a lot happening there. How long have you felt 2037? It's been a while. It's been a while. Have you confirmed with guides or anything? And I know that the angels guides, I know that they can't tell you, tell you. And I understand also that there's with the free will component to all of this, that there's timelines that are shifting and correcting. And that's sort of what we get when all of uh, my super friends and our tribe and everything who are tapping into this right now are feeling very similar things to what you're feeling as far as this optimism, but this heaviness first, but then also that there's just this enlightening age that comes after all of this stuff that we will witness in this life. So I'm curious about something. I have been asking people lately, do you feel like you die in this life? So do do we at some point leave this planet? In the conventional way of death that we have been taught since we were brought here. You know, I've never thought about it. I'm looking at everything as these deep psyops, even down to the structure of what we are, the structure of this place, the core of all of this stuff. And with all of the energies and everything building up and the limitations we're removing and the lizard turd stuff and all the things that we're seeing, I feel that maybe one of the largest ones is death itself for you as an experiencer, because you'll see death around you. You will see this in your experience, but from your perspective, you will only know that that truly exists uh, when you experience it. So my question is, do you think that that is something that you will experience here in this life? That's such a fun question. Uh, I, I think that that, if nothing else, I think that that looks very, very different. I, I do think that there's some form of, like even right now, I'm just like seeing like, it looks like some form of a transition, but I'm seeing like earth being so much closer to the higher realms, right? Where it's like, we're, we're coming together. We're meeting in the middle in a sense. And so there isn't the veil in the same sense that, I mean, that consciousness, as we know, continues to exist even after we die here on earth. And so I don't, I I do think there's some kind of a transition, but it, it feels very different. Like, like they're closer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful way you explained it. And I'm grateful that you were greeted with this here on the show so that you could intuitively kind of walk through it because I saw you smile and the lights mm-hmm. go on. And I, I'm very curious about this concept because if I'm looking around that everything's a psyop, everything's a psyop, everything is not what it seems. Even down to like the, in Willy Wonka, you can eat the little uh, cup, you know, like stuff like that, like weird, interesting things as far as like portals and 
really interesting stuff. And I don't feel that you necessarily need to shed this avatar in the way that it's presented around you. I feel that that's another one of these psyops. If people are able to hop in and out of their experience constantly, there are these glimpses at other alternate realities that you have access to consciously. So who's to say that you would need to endure, let's say, for the sake of the occupant, uh, some sort of death when you could just as easily just transition? They've talked about Buddhas doing this stuff where they'll sit in meditation and just phase out and they're like gone. Um, another one uh, still exists as an essence in a gold Buddha statue of several of these things over in Tibet. But these, they've scanned it. There's a skeleton in there and it's got some sort of resonance to it. So it's in this like animated um, state, this frozen state. So again, where's that dude at? Like what's going on with that? And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking again at everything as a psyop, but, but to hear you talk about it and especially with the way you described it about being a little closer to the realms as, as far as they're meeting us. So even things like that, right, would be under scrutiny as far as their continuation. Yeah, yeah, that's, so So that would make a lot of sense with what I'm feeling, like that concept of, uh, what do they call, is it the rainbow bodies or yeah, something? Yeah, rainbow like light. Yeah. Rainbow light body, yeah, yeah. And, and that would make a lot of sense because it definitely feels different. Because if this whole reality is changing and ascension is the name of the game and these instant manifestations and things like that, then we could easily just as well get to all the points collectively to where we just decide that that's not necessary for us. Now, in the same structural way, I understand the life must present itself here, be um, around, because if you just stacked life on top of itself with no death or energy moving on somewhere, you'd have just a bunch of um, people walking around and no resources and stuff. So I'm, I'm not ignorant to the fact of that, but that's what I'm saying is, changing is our need for those resources perhaps uh, the way in which our bodies process things perhaps what our bodies look like like maybe we just phase out of this thing remember the movie powder have you ever seen that like back in the day yes. yeah and mm -hmm. he's like running across the field spoiler alert at the end of this thing and he gets struck by lightning he's just gone from whose perspective though there was no body you know did he feel pain or did he just ride the lightning up and just go somewhere else and maybe that's what this looks like for us i don't know all of it's all of it's under uh, the microscope for me even even the common uh held conceptions or whatever well i've had goosebumps the entire time that we've been talking about this and that's always my body's way of it, recognizing truth mm. so we're on to something here with this <laughs> we're shedding all the limitations i mean we're gonna see people flying around like superheroes here like actual um laser beams coming out of eyes superman comic book type stuff then you would ask, well, then maybe the dark energies as well would discover that and then we'd have super villains of sorts because you would need to balance I don't necessarily know that duality is going to be the way moving forward. I think that we've experienced enough of that and there's always going to be that experience. And what this shift feels like in my mind is sort of some people who have figured out a certain part of the game that say, I'd actually like to go to the next level. But there are some people here who are, <clears throat> excuse me, gonna still be anchoring the game and still going to choose that existence. And so even in the age of, let's say superheroes, there'll still sort of be a third dimension where battles exist and stuff like that at a level maybe. I think it's all interesting. We're just creating yeah. all of this shit. What is something you are looking forward to not experiencing in the five dimensions? The fifth D there. Oh, I I find uh just <laughs> the process of like having a physical body to be frustrating sometimes. Like all these little just little things that we need to do to navigate life. I just like, whenever I connect with higher consciousness energy, it just feels like this, like flying, floating, really beautiful ease. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to like that ease and, and being 
that much more tuned in to that, that feeling of, of divine love. I'm just in physical form for the farts. I think they're hilarious. And that's the only, <laughs> that's the only reason I'll miss this one. Um, so I, I am curious then now about your psychic abilities. What do you feel has changed about your psychic abilities since you recognized that you had them? I've, I've noticed a, a progression along with that. Although for some people, I think if they're thinking concretely, they might actually see that as maybe not a progression. So I'll explain. So when I was first stepping into my awakening, I got hit really strongly with seeing auras with people, uh, seeing angels, having them present in the room with me and having all of these experiences that I was having with my physical eye. And so when I was starting to work with people using those gifts, it was very much front and center and separate from me. So some people would say that's a more powerful experience because you have an angel standing physically in the room with you, helping to guide the process. Right. But there was always this, this in between where I was having to interpret, where I was having to it, it kind of like metaphysical pictionary, right. Where I was trying to, to interpret all the things and still that exists on some level in what I'm doing. But now what I've noticed is as things have progressed is become so much more a part of just who I am and how I operate. So I don't think, for example, I don't say to people, oh, the angels just ask me to ask you. It's more like I just ask the question. It's just spoken through me and it's becoming so much more of a direct channeling. I'm very intentional with saying, God, angels, please use me. To, in in the ways that that you want to use me so that I can fulfill my best purpose, my highest purpose here on earth. And I'm watching that happen where it's progressing, where it's just happening through me and become so much more of a part of who I am in, in my daily life. A bit energetically as well, that's easier for the guide, let's say, and I've thought about this, is them showing up in a form take some energy, then being able to broach whatever cortex in your mind, your clear audience or clear sentience, any of that stuff has got to take a little energy to present itself to you in that way. But that also may then deter from the amount of clear information that they can deliver to you in that state. But if they don't need to form up like that, then they have all of their energy. And maybe it's more of like a remote job for them that they're actually a little bit happier about, you know, they can just be on a beach somewhere, tap into you real quick, give you an answer, hang up the phone, my tie it up. It's not such an on site thing, which again, energetically, I would feel takes a lot for you to understand and interpret. And then as well, like, am I hearing the right thing? And you're guessing, second guessing, perhaps your abilities at the beginning there. But it's that interim, that phased feeling. So it's great the way you explained it, but it makes the most sense. Because in my mind, again, it feels like that's energy for them to show up, energy for you to interpret what's seeing. But if it's just more of a thought and you can trust that and that feeling, that's better for everybody. And I feel you get a clearer channel that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, you're right. It's a lot of work for them to physically manifest. It requires a lot of energy. And so now we can just kind of move forward with so much more ease. And it's easier for me in some senses too, because I can just flow with it. Yeah. Have mm -hmm. you, and that's conscientious as well on all parties part, part. You're yeah. like, yes, I want the information. Yes, they're ready for it. 
but you're a maturity filter as well for that. You're like, not in this, you don't need to show up. You don't gotta, you know, I, I know how to interpret the message and that's, and that's wonderful and powerful. And then they can trust you to deliver the great message. So you're now, you know, a go-to resource as far as that goes on the other side, cause you're easy to work with. You know what I mean? I'm, I bet yeah. all this is taken into account. It's just really, really interesting. I, yeah, and they knew they had to like hit me over the head with it when when they first came in, right? I needed to see that. That's the thing. It has to be really, really evident. Yeah. Have you had any encounters with any uh, darker energies uh, that you'd mentioned earlier on or at that time period in life? Have they resurfaced in any way in your life? So I have had awareness of that, for example, uh, connected with other people, I, I, you know, attachments with people or um, every once in a while, I will be aware of, of a very heavy negative energy that is like in my general vicinity. But that, that's where the boundaries came into place, because it was so important for me to start to just like set boundaries with the energy. Because what I think so many people don't understand is if we can set those boundaries, the energy honors it, the energy respects that. And so I've, I've, I'm very intentional just in terms of saying, I only connect with the energy that is of the light. The other part of that is I work a lot with the angels just in regularly asking for help. Please help to filter my energy so that I'm only allowing high vibrational energy through. I'm only allowing the light through. And so it's almost created this scenario where I feel like I'm walking around with angelic bodyguards all the time in that way where I really feel so much protection and so much peace most of the time. I'm still aware that other energies exist and can exist and that there are times that people have challenges and difficulties with releasing that, but it doesn't impact me in the same way. And I think it's because of how my energy field is built. I'm not built to, that stuff makes me physically ill. Like some people can go into homes and do the, the clearings of ghosts and things like that. I'm not even built to work with those kinds of energies because they can have kind of a heavier energy with it as well. So for me, that makes me physically ill. So I've gotten really clear on what I'm willing to work with and what I don't work with. And when you put that out there and you set those boundaries, they honor it. Wow. You know, and it's that thing that's that sovereignty idea that you'd hope exists in a phenomena of this type, you know, and same thing in the contact phenomena. I'm reading uh, Bud Hopkins's Intruders right now. It's my second Bud Hopkins book for the year. They're both like just terrifying and creepy and scary and amazing and awesome and interesting all at the same time, right? And it, there's no sovereignty in this. And it it, it bothers me, you know, dude, it, it really does. Because even like these possessions and things like this, and again, is it, at a level, I could go either way with this. I, I have more of a strong inclination that it's all sort of like you said, scripted or not scripted necessarily, but planned and agreed upon and things like that. But I still sort of have this, or is that, oh, it's just part of the plan, kind of a consideration for something really dark and deep here that we do have uh, sort of the power to change. And I would say yes and yes, right, is the answer. Because yes, it's part of a plan and yes, you still can change it. You know, you need to interface with those energies until you, I guess, spiritually get your shit together at a level, right, is sort of my understanding about this. Because even back uh, 18, 19, all that, all throughout my 20s and all that um, time period, I could say the same thing. I was interfacing with some unchallenging entities. I was getting what I was putting out, just this party vibe. I was just everywhere going all over the place. And you come into some challenging situations that really allow you the opportunity to grow and to really present your light in these dark areas. 
but also I feel it's part of your job with the light. You know, you're, you're meant to stroll amongst them. You're meant to get in the darkness and go, here I am guys. Yeah. And, and I think part of the purpose is in helping us to understand our sovereignty. If we're talking about the planet ascending, that to me is that process of as we understand our sovereignty, we understand that God exists within us and that we're simply an extension of God. And the more that we lean into that and, and lean into that, that energy that is love the less that we're going to be dealing with those other energies because it, it isn't allowed when, when you're in the energy of love, that isn't allowed when you're connected to your sovereignty, that's not allowed. And so as we understand that we have the power to set boundaries and, and, and to release all of those other energies and to lean into the God within us, I think that we become that much more powerful. And this is how we, raise the consciousness of the planet. We, we ascend the planet. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Because it all makes sense. You're disempowered until you realize that you need to claim your power and then you're in power. And it's yeah. only uh, something that will stand there and clap for you when you finally figure it out. They're like, oh, good, good. Get on out of here. You, you got a lot of cool stuff to do. Because fear and scarcity are like the default rut to step in here, right? It's fear, scarcity, and survival. And those are easy to master. That's easy. What's challenging is getting past the need for any of it once you're once you've figured out how to do that it's it's um that's one of the more challenging things i've found here and I've, i feel some are uh, empathetic to that as well um i am curious as well here uh on, on just some fun questions about angels so does like bigfoot have an angel does the dog man have an angel do fairies have angels or like what do fairies angels look like they've already got wings or they have like extra wings or no wings and that's sort of the the kicker there is that once you become a fairy angel, you lose your wings. And that's ironic. Like what do other creatures, angels look like if there is such a thing? So I think that, um, so uh, things like, so to me, you, you asked about Bigfoot, right? To me, Bigfoot is in the, he has a similar energy or is the same energy category as the fairies, the gnomes, the elves, the trolls, like they're all kind of in the same category. Uh, and they are, they, they're, they're a dimension higher than us, right? So they are a, a bit higher vibrational than us. There's a lot of variation amongst their energy. So they're on their own journey. They're doing their own work. I would say like the fairies, that kind of stuff. They're the angels of the earth. Yeah. They have a specific purpose as well, but they do have, from what I can tell, a spirit team. I've never connected with what they look like, but I do feel that support like by extension through them. I think it's a little bit different, but they have an important role that they're playing here too. Yeah. Almost like it governed there. They're the angels of nature and the creatures yeah. here in mm -hmm. that whole realm. And I'd like, I like what you said. It made complete sense when you said it. And so what, if any, is your uh, inclination, if you've connected, if not, I'm just curious, you know, you probably have a bunch of new questions for your guides, right? You're like, all right, I was on this show and this dude, has <laughs> shit. all right, let's go through this. Um, yep. You know, do they communicate with the fairies and stuff? Are, are angels in communication with the other spirits around this place that aren't in the same category as them? And do they work together? Is there some sort of cahoots, you know, for the betterment of all, if we're all ascending, it's sort of like a, uh, all hands on deck thing, fairies and angels working together, Bigfoot get your ass out there. You know, what's, what's going on? Do you think that that's the thing? I think in some senses, yes, but I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that that's already right away. It's like, no, it's a little bit different. So it's not, uh, 
how can I compare it? It, it feels like, like we we're talking about like the angel aliens, right? I think that they connect more directly with the angel angels or some of these other really, really high vibrational beings connect in a more direct way. I think that they connect, th- that the fairies and, and the other elementals connect in a more direct way than we do, but but not quite at that level of directness, if that makes sense. Yeah. What I'm getting as you're saying this, and I'm just going to yeah. say that is, is that they are sort of uh, keepers of the realm, so they don't really interact because there's no need to. The realms have the keepers keep the realm, which is Earth in this instance, or any realm that they're from or whatever, and then they keep the realm below them, right, or something, however it works. But then the angel realm is the occupants. They take care of the passengers in the realm. And so that would include things like uh, aliens or humans or anything like that. That that would be strolling amongst with a mission or like a goal or something like that, uh, as opposed to sort of an automatic function of the realm, like nature. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same idea of like everybody being sent to their posts, right, with their purpose and their intention, and it's all so important. I it's so interesting to me. I think that so many people here now struggle with their purpose, with feeling connected to their purpose or feeling like they have a purpose at all. And it, that's so interesting to me because everybody here on this planet right now is so important for the purpose. And we all have one and we all are here for a reason, whether they're human or fairies or or whatever. We're all here with a goal together right now. Yeah, there's never been less NPCs. So if there were non-player characters, they've all been really tapped into. It seems like everybody paid for a ticket now and they've just been, okay, where's my body? All right, cool. And they hop in and now everybody's on deck, kind of meeting each other from these crazy past lives. A lot of this, and you and I were speaking about this before we got on air here, uh, coming together in the physical. What do you feel is like our next step as a collective? Our next step as a collective? I I think that it's this... I I think that people right now are connecting more intuitively. I think it's continuing to kind of slowly progress because our bodies can only handle so much (laughs) at a time. We've been really getting hit with a lot of energy. And and so that's supporting us in connecting more intuitively. That's supporting us in our bodies being able to hold more light. So that feels to me like the focus right now here on the planet is more of that. And, And I think that that's not going to be like where we wake up one day and just our our intuition has like massively leveled up. I think it's more of a progression so that we can handle that. Yeah, I've been yeah. Uh, getting some major vault unlocks lately due to proximity. We had Brittany Renee come out here over the weekend and being in proximity to this woman, it was like an ancient key that she had to a vault that has been locked up in me that just proximity unlocked everything. And it mm-hmm. is downloads, awarenesses, under understandings. I'm just like, holy shit, same thing. It's all of these incredible pieces coming together. And so this was a big piece for all of us coming together like this uh, and unlocking all of these locks. And so it does feel like this proximity thing is, yes. there's something to this and energetically, and, I, and we've all been... Um, very not even used to just very understanding of that we are doing this all through zoom and that there's energies that we can feel through these things i mean the wish unit that goes off in this people are writing in buying this thing going dude i can feel this it's going out on all the shows and it just runs constantly in our home so you guys can feel this energy but in person it is deep and heavy i mean she showed up i'm like 
my wife and I were like shaking, having like not panic attacks, but releasing a lot. And it was just due to the energy of being around another high vibe person that had this huge key for this huge vault that she opened in both my wife and I. And it's just one of the most amazing experiences We're, you know, really, and everybody out there listening, start really putting in your mind, getting together and feeling these things. And so I would encourage everyone out there, if you're manifesting anything, it would just be to prepare your physical vessel and nervous system for the highest elation that you've been able to uh, come across in your experience up to this point in the ride. Because we are all getting together in the physical. And if you were called to come together and do things like that, write me because we're putting a lot of things together, retreats, speaking engagements, we're getting amongst them, as they say. So all of this stuff is really, really ramping up. And it's um, the more I get around folks and in the physical, the more that we talk conversation and have conversations like this, just the more palpable this whole thing becomes and how important it is that we're all here together. I've sort of um, anthropomorphized this time as if we've all been running an obstacle race and we've been doing great with all the obstacles because they've been single player obstacles up to this point. They were challenging. You got mud all over you. It sucked. Some people didn't even make it fast the first one, but you're here now. And we're here now is, is this wall, this Lionsgate portal, this 2023, there's this wall in front of you. And as we've watched all of us do our best attempts at creatively getting over the wall, it's now where we're all standing around here going, hang on, what if I just lift you up? And then you get up over the wall and then you get up there and then reach up and then we pass each other. It's this time of community. It's this helping. And that is where we are right now. And so we're encouraging anyone that uh, feels called to this. If you're like fired up, you're like, my own fucking fired up, I'm fired up. Reach out, guys, expandingrealitypodcast.com. Christy, we're going to end here in just a little bit. I want to know what your favorite conspiracy theory is, just your favorite, you know, freaky woo-woo um, thing that may be out there in the ether, maybe something, maybe nothing. Um, what is one of your favorite ones just that you find interesting? Favorite conspiracy theory? Um, hmm. I don't know. I think that they're all kind of fun. <laughs> Spontaneous combustion. What the fuck is going on with that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I I think that they're all just kind of exciting because I think that this is encouraging all of us to expand our minds, to expand our reality, right? And to just be willing to open up to different ideas. I think that it's all really magical. And so I, I love all of it because it just allows us to ask questions and to look at things from different perspectives. And to me, it just makes everything a lot more fun. UFO lands. They say you can go anywhere you want and pick up two people from anywhere in the world. Who do you pick up? Where do you go? Two people. Uh, hmm. Shouldn't have to be your kids and husband. You can take a mulligan on that. Okay. We, we love your family. They're not, you know, they'll get plenty of UFO rides. Who, two people, anybody you want. I think that um, I would, hmm, any two people. I don't know. I, I, I think I would have to time take my space. little. What's that? Any time, time or space, space, by the way. Yeah, because it's a UFO. You can go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, my favorite little humans are my my twin boys, right? So I think that I'd have to take them along on the ride with me. And I would love to um, go to experience what I call heaven, you know, the other side to connect in that way. The place that I've seen where the angels go, the angelic realm, it, it just looks really incredible and, and full of light. It's just the energy is incredible. I've connected there in meditations and hypnosis and things like that. And it's just amazing. So I'd love to experience that in physical form. 
Are people flying around on uh, on sitting in clouds, like playing the harps and stuff like that? Is that that whole thing? The, so uh, not necessarily the harps, but it's just like this. There's there's music all the time. This this music that's hard to explain. It, it, you just feel it throughout the entirety of your consciousness. Like Chuck Mangione. Yeah. Just so beautiful and so incredible. And it connects with every single cell in your body. That's pretty cool. What if you don't like the station? Like, do they play anything you want as an angelic realm or is everybody just kind of tuned to the same station there? I think it's I, I think it's the same or maybe it's I, I don't know, maybe it's what you need at that time. Right. And and there are adjustments and everybody's kind of got their own. But it's it's incredibly powerful to, to connect with that. And and I'll have that come through sometimes when I'm doing energy sessions with people. I'll, there'll be a, a frequency that's coming through as part of their healing process. Yeah, that they get tapped into and you, you get to deliver from that. That's yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, it's pretty. They use sound a lot um, as as part of that process. Makes sense. We're looking at all the freaky woo woo happening around here with cymatics, with uh, monks mm -hmm. leveling, uh, levitating blocks, and all of this. Yeah. Even back to as I speak, I create the neuro linguistic programming. On and on and on with the vibrations, the sound, the word, the spoken word, everything. It's ooh, it's powerful. Ooh. Okay, so yeah. uh, you can um, go to the past or to the future. Uh, you can only do one. Which one do you go to and why? And where do you go? I really would love to experience Atlantis. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the, the past, but also the future. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Um, it feels like it, like there's, I, I feel this um, resurgence of that in that way different but um so i would love to experience both i don't think i can choose but that specific place i'm really drawn to it'd be super cool as if this reality is changing so much that what we call the ocean right atlantis is sort of phasing back into reality and it'd be mm -hmm. interesting if the reason that there's so much water here is because really those are etheric land masses that need to be there in some capacity but you have them way the hell out in the ocean so people aren't out there and you know a building's built and stuff you maybe have a little migrating whales, but you can communicate with them anyway. Let them know, hey, Atlantis is back. They'll all clear the area for you. You know, there's some psychic. The the whale fairies and angels will let the whales know, right? So what about that? What if Atlantis like phased back into reality in the Atlantic Ocean? I, I think that that would be the coolest. I think that that's a, a strong possibility. Something's happening there with that. Age of Aquarius. That'd be the ultimate flex, right? If Atlantis yeah. showed the fuck back up. <laughs> <laughs> and if they were all just like, we're here, hey guys. Hi, <laughs> <Stop buying> people. <laughs> that is outstanding. It's just all exciting. And, and this is what's so great about this. We're just like, yes, and not like, nah, that's bullshit. We're like, yes, and um, okay, all of it, you know? Uh, so many possibilities. So many possibilities. Well, I, I we're going to go ahead and. Um, close on this one but i do want to let folks know that you joined me on the conscious awakening network and if you guys have not been checking those out friday night 8 to 10 central on the conscious awakening network we do a live and it's a lot of fun you joined me over there we talked about all sorts of amazing stuff and we went even deeper on this one so thank you so much for this i'd like to close out with folks uh number one knowing where to find you which i'm going to link anyhow but also just what gets you out of bed in, every morning like what gets you excited what keeps you moving forward 
it's just uh, th this concept of this magical world. I try to make the most of the time that I have here. So every day before I even get out of bed, I'm I'm calling on my higher power and just asking to be led, to be shown. How can I be of service here today? It's the service. It's it's the connection. It's uh, to make the most of this time that we have here. So cool. Also wanted to mention, shout out Nicole Eaton for connecting us. Thank you so much, Nicole. You will be located down there as well. And what's uh, the favorite place that folks can find you? Um, probably my website, discoveryourawakening.com. Perfect. And anything fun and exciting that you're looking forward to coming up with your business that you'd like to announce? I, um, I'm always excited to talk about my membership because it's a, a great tool that really anybody can utilize that allows you to navigate your own spiritual journey. You know, it has all kinds of different things that are all things, spiritual, metaphysical, personal development in there. And that's at claritybychristy.com. Cool. All that link below, guys. Christy, I can't wait to sit down with you and do an angel connection with you because I've connected with my spirit guide, which allegedly only had one that I turned off for 24 years, which is why it's been a little bit rough. But I, I'm interested in connecting with you and getting a reading from you. So Christy Forsyth, thank you again so much. This is amazing. Yeah, thank you for having me. So much fun. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.